You're listening to Teach Me the Bible podcast, where we unpack the meaning of books, passages, and themes from Scripture. Join us each week as our guests walk us through the truth of God's Word and teach us the Bible. This is Teach Me the Bible podcast. Hello, everyone. My name is Tim Webb, and I'm here with David Klingler once again for our Teach Me the Bible podcast. We're so glad you're with us, and we're continuing our study in Romans, Paul's letter uh, to the church at Rome. But uh, David, we, we transitioned last week from, or last time we discussed, we were in chapter eight, we were transitioning into chapter nine, where Paul is, uh, he's going to continue to speak of his love for his brethren, his ministry to the Gentiles, but his desires that his brethren repent. So what's going on in chapter nine? Because there's a little shift here. Yeah. Well, uh, in chapter nine, it may be a smart aleck for a minute. Okay. <laughs> chapter nine follows chapter eight, and eight, exactly. seven, and seven, yeah. six, six, five, five. Right. Yeah. And this is Paul's letter uh, to the believers uh, who are in Rome. Right. Now, now for us, say, well, that, that's Romans, you know, book of Romans, you know, Paul. But no, 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 Rome. Uh, Rome, like the fourth kingdom um, that is talked about in Daniel, the, the Babylonians, the Medes, and the Persians, and the Greeks, and then the Romans, right? Uh, and these Romans... Uh, all of these Gentile nations were come, were brought in to judge Israel for their disobedience, for their rebellion. Mm-hmm. They rejected the Lord. They rejected the rock of his salvation. Sons in whom there is no faithfulness. They're a crooked and perverse generation. And so the Lord scatters them among the Gentiles. Um, Habakkuk, we were talking about Habakkuk mm-hmm. before we began. Habakkuk is this prophet who cries out to the Lord. He says, Lord, Israel's evil. Mm-hmm. Israel's evil. And the Lord says, "Yeah, I'm on it. I'm, I'm I've got I'm, it. I'm, uh-huh. I'm bringing the Chaldeans, right. and they're going to wipe you off the map." And Habakkuk says, "Now wait a second, Lord." <laughs> he uh, wasn't really excited about you that. You won't judge the wicked with the more wicked. Will yes, I will. So I right? Will. The, the, the Babylonians are more wicked. The 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 mm. the, uh, the Medes, the Persians, the Greek. The, this is Team Satan being brought in to judge the people of God. Right. Right. Who are they being brought in by? By God mm-hmm. to judge. Evil doers, evil doers, Israel, and so uh, they are going to be under Gentile rule. And Jeremiah twenty nine says, "For seventy years, you're going to be in captivity for seventy years. Mm-hmm. Goodbye, pack your bags, yep. you're gone." Right? right. So they're hauled off to Babylon, and at the end of seventy years, this is in Daniel chapter nine. Daniel prays the Lord, says, "Lord, it's been seventy years. It's time to go home, right?" Uh, it's time to Uh-oh. establish the kingdom. <laughs> it's it's a time to set this whole thing back up, right? To get mm-hmm. back to it. You didn't repent. And because you didn't repent, per uh, Leviticus 26, Mm -hmm. if I judge you and you don't repent, then I will pour out my judgment on you sevenfold. And so they've been judged for 70 years. Now it's 70 times seven, and this timetable is set up from the... You know, from the decree to rebuild mm. the city and the walls and all this stuff, uh, the, the the clock's not going to start for some time till four forty four, way after Daniel's dead, and mm. and so there's these four kingdoms in Daniel that are going to come in succession, one after another, after another, and and uh, and and the the reader of Daniel is supposed to realize that Israel is not under the judgment of God because the king of Babylon is stronger than God. Or the Babylonian gods are stronger than mm-hmm. the God of Israel. At the end of each of those scenes, you know, chapter one, chapter two, chapter three, you know, the every scene, uh, the king of Babylon or the king of whoever acknowledges that you know that the God of Daniel is the God of gods and the Lord mm-hmm. of lords, the great, the mighty, the awesome yes. God. You know, and he's the one, and he sets up kingdom and he takes down kingdom. So 
he sets up kingdoms over Israel and he takes down kingdoms over Israel and he sets up a new kingdom. And, and so you get this going throughout the book of Daniel. Uh, and so God is setting up kingdoms and taking down kingdoms over Israel to punish them, to judge them for their evil, do, mm-hmm. evil deeds. What do they need to do? They need to repent. Mm-hmm. Right. And so you have this believing remnant, uh, Habakkuk being one, uh, Psalm 44. Right, these mm-hmm. uh, these people in Israel who have not rejected the Lord, they've not turned their back on Him, and they, they've not followed other gods. Yet they're like sheep led to slaughter. They're being judged. What, Lord, what's going on here? We, mm-hmm. If we had rejected you, you'd know it, right? But they haven't. And so there's this believing remnant that is Habakkuk. It's talked about through the Psalms, and it's uh, it plays a prominent role in the Book of Isaiah. Uh, the remnant will return. This is Shir Jashub, his mm-hmm. name there in the. Uh, in Isaiah chapter seven, mm-hmm. uh, Shir Jashub, the remnant will return, and so it's the remnant that's going to come back. There's a believing remnant all the way through here, and now Paul is identifying himself with part of the believing remnant. He's explaining to the Roman this letter in Rome uh, to the Romans this whole Old Testament story that in mm-hmm. one group called Israel there are two parts: those who believed and those who well, didn't. didn't. So back in chapter three. Um, He's saying that the Jew is not just simply one who's a Jew outwardly, circumcision of the flesh, but the Jew is also circumcision of the heart, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and so the question then is follows, well, then what, ex- what, what advantage does the Jew have? What's the benefit of circumcision? Great in every respect, he says. Mm-hmm. Right? What then? If some did not believe, mm-hmm. their unbelief will not nullify the faithfulness of God, will it, right? Mm-hmm. And so all the way, so in other words, I'll hear people say, well, in chapter 9, 10, 11, he starts a new section. No, no, no. He started this back in chapter 1. In chapter 1, um, both um, Paul and his readers agree, that the, let's say the Pharisees, right? The, mm-hmm. These Jewish unbelievers, uh, they agree that the Gentiles are evil, right? Mm-hmm. That ship sailed right after you know, the flood, Noah, they get off the boat, and the Gentiles show back up and they're evil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? yeah. And so the, uh, we can all agree the Gentiles are evil. They've yeah. been following Satan the whole time. Right. That's not the, the question is, is Israel evil? Mm-hmm. Is Israel uh, rebelling against the, the Lord? Does Israel do what's good and right in their eyes? Uh, and these unbelieving Jews, those who have not placed their faith in Christ, they're saying, uh, we're God's chosen people, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we have the law. And so Paul's going to point out, it's, the law doesn't justify you. Circumcision doesn't make you right before God. Faith does. It always did, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the hearer of the law who's justified, but the doer of the law. So if you're a Jew and you have the law and you boast in the law mm-hmm. uh, through your breaking of the law, how does boasting in the law through the breaking of the law, how does that help you? Mm-hmm. Um, it's because of your boasting. It is because of your rebellion against the Lord. It's because of your unwillingness to keep the law that you're being judged, that you've been kicked out of the land, dispersed among the Gentiles. And so now um, the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you, because you were kicked out of the land. Mm -hmm. And now you took your blasphemy and you spread it among the Gentiles in your diaspora, in your dispersia. Uh, And so you're taking pride in that? Right, and so Paul, this is all the way. See, this this is all the way back in in chapter two, where Paul is uh, is quoting this from uh, Ezekiel thirty six twenty. For the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you, as it is written. Mm-hmm. Right, and so he's explaining the through the whole letter uh, that the true Israelite is always been not the one who's circumcised in the flesh, 
but the one who has believed through faith, Abram, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the father of all who believe, right? Mm-hmm. And so he returns back uh, to um, explain that his present sufferings, chapter eight, uh, chapter eight, verse eighteen, right. are not worthy to be compared to the glory mm-hmm. which is to be revealed to us. For God is faithful to those whom He foreknew. Now, mm-hmm. whom He foreknew in the book is Israel. He's going to get to this in chapter eleven, right? Mm-hmm. right? I say then, God has not rejected His people, has He? May it never be. For I too am an Israelite a descendant of Abraham, mm-hmm. of the tribe of Benjamin. God has not rejected his people whom he foreknew. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, And so uh, those whom he uh, predestined, you know, he foreknew, he predestined, and all this stuff, God's faithful to keep his promises. Well, what about the believer in the remnant? Paul says we're like sheep led to slaughter. But there's mm-hmm. nothing that can separate us from the love of God, talking about the mm-hmm. believing remnant. Mm-hmm. Nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Now, if it's true for the believing remnant, because it's true – for the believer, it's also true for us. Right. right? Sure. That sure. nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. No question about that. But Paul's point is setting himself apart from the unbelieving Jew mm-hmm. and saying, we're in the same group called Israel, mm-hmm. but we're not in the same group. Right? You are still under the wrath of God because you have not believed. You're relying upon the law and you're thinking the law yeah. justifies you. I have placed my faith in Christ. Therefore, we have peace with God, and you Do are not. still under his wrath, mm-hmm. right? We have a circumcised uh, heart. So uh, for those who are in Christ Jesus, there's no condemnation, no condemnation that comes from the law. Mm-hmm. That's us. We have no condemnation, but you're still under condemnation. You're still under the mm-hmm. And so the discussion is, what about the wrath? You're, uh, you're suffering. Yeah, but the suffering, right? Mm-hmm. There's nothing will separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. So he says, I'm convinced that nothing, death or life or angels or principalities, uh, present things, things to come, powers, height, depth, or any created thing shall separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. And I'm telling you the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience bearing witness in me in the Holy Spirit that I have great sorrow and unceasing grief in my heart, for I wish that I, I myself were accursed, separate from the Christ, for the sake of my brethren, my kinsmen according to the flesh who are Israelites." To whom belong the adoption of sons? Did you catch that? Mm-hmm. Whom belong the adoption of sons? All the way through here, Paul says that it Israel, uh, Israel, uh, Ephesians uh, chapter one, Galatians, mm-hmm. to Israel belongs the adoption of sons. But through faith, the Gentiles have been adopted as sons as mm-hmm. well, because Israel's rejection, the gospel is going to the Gentiles. That's what he's argued in the past, and it's what he's going to argue here in a minute in chapter ten. Um, but it is not as though the word of God has failed. Verse six. For they are not all Israel who have descended from Israel, neither are they all children, because they are Abraham's descendants, right? Mm-hmm. Because they are of Abraham's seed, Abraham's flesh. What has Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh, found? He found faith. Mm-hmm. And so you're a descendant right. of Abram through faith, not through flesh, not through seed, not through physical descendant. Just mm-hmm. because you're a physical descendant does not mean so uh, that you're in this group, uh, because circumcision of the flesh is not what we're looking for. Right. We're looking for something greater. So mm-hmm. he's been arguing this all the way back from chapter two. Uh, he's set up chapter one to argue against them in chapter two, so they can let this logical argument flow. Right? Mm-hmm. That is chapter nine, verse eight. Uh, it is not to the children of the flesh who are children of God, but the children of the promise are regarded as seed. Right? They're mm-hmm. saying, we're seed of Abraham. He says, no, no, no. Right. 
you're seed of Abraham through faith. You're not seed of Abraham through flesh, which mm-hmm. is the point he was making in four one. Um, um, and not only this, so he's he's explaining. Uh, he's going to explain this. For this is the word of promise, right? So just because you're a descendant of Abram, he's going to say, look, there were two kids from Abraham. There was uh, Ishmael and Isaac, mm-hmm. and there was Jacob and Esau, right? right. He's going to walk right. this through. Uh, but not all four of them were children of the promise, mm-hmm. only Isaac, only Jacob, right? right? The time will come when Sarah will bear a son. And not only this, but there was Rebekah also when she conceived twins by one man, our father Isaac. Uh, for though the twins were not yet born and had not yet done anything good or bad, in order that God's purpose, according to his choice, might stand, not because of works, mm-hmm. but because of him who calls, right? Not because of deeds done in the flesh, not because right. of physical descendancy, uh, but because of him who calls, it was said, the older will serve the younger, just as is it, written, it is written, Jacob I loved, Esau I hated. And uh, mm-hmm. I hear people say, well, he just loved him less. No, no, no. Jacob despised his birth. I'm sorry. Esau despised his birthright. His birthright was the, the very claim to the land, the very mm-hmm. claim to the promise. To the promise. He, he, he thought that uh, the promise of Christ, the promise of resurrection from the dead, the promise of his inheritance was worth about as much as a bowl of soup. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't trade salvation for a bowl of soup. <laughs> he does. Yes. Uh, how low of a regard do you have for your salvation if you change it? Well, you'd say you you despise it. You had no regard for it, mm-hmm. right? Um, so um, we try to soften that. Yeah, we try to soften them. Say no, 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 no. Leave it. Jacob, I loved. Esau, I hated. Esau mm-hmm. rebelled, rejected, hated his birthright. And Jacob, but the Lord is faithful. The Lord's going to bring Jacob along. And mm-hmm. and uh, and I'll hear people say, uh, "Well, do you believe in the you know?" Calvinism, you know, this, this, you get these Calvinist questions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I said, well, I believe basically in the conclusions of Calvinism. Is God sovereign? Yes. How sovereign? Define sovereign. Completely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, running most of it isn't running all of it. And if you're running most of it, that's not sovereign. Right. So right. if he's we say God is sovereign, it. he's running it all. Right. So there's nothing that's shocking him here. Mm-hmm. Okay. I believe God is sovereign. I don't believe anything's happening uh, that, um, that. He's not caught by surprise. Yeah, he's, he's not wringing his not, hands. What right. will they decide? That's right. What yeah, will they do? That's, that's and how exactly. will I work it if they he's choose? He's not surprised him. by evil. He's not <clears> surprised right. by our evil. Right. He, uh, he knows. He's not surprised by my evil. He but he's got a plan for my evil. It's called death. He's going to kill it. He's going to judge it. Mm-hmm. He's going to resurrect anew, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so we fret uh, because of injustice. We fret because of death or sickness or sorrow or suffering. Mm-hmm. And and not to say that those things are petty because they're not. But God has a solution. Mm-hmm. When Jesus is there with Lazarus and Lazarus is laying there in the tomb, this is not a problem for Jesus. <laughs> That's why it's one of my favorite passages. It's, it's, my, it, it's just <laughs> it's so my, good, right? Yeah, it's just it's really so good. good. They're all over there yeah. crying. Oh, yeah, yeah. Brother, if you'd have been yeah. here, Lord, uh, our brother. He wasn't crying. Now, I don't think he was crying over that. Yeah. yeah no, no. You know, and he sees their lack of faith, and mm-hmm. he just, do you not get it? Look, mm-hmm. resurrection is not some future event. It is the future event is tied to the person that is standing before you. They come out of the grave when I say so. Right. Right. And so mm-hmm. believe in me. and. Mm-hmm. 
Lazarus, stop stinking up the joint. Get yeah, out of get there, out right? There. Yeah, get glad. up. Quit laying around. You're stinking up the joint. Get you, out of there, You right? think that's why he's intentional about saying his name? Yeah, it's <laughs> all Lazarus. Of, or else all well, of them get out know, of there. And that, yeah, and that ties to the book. You yeah. know, I will call them by name. name. Right? Yeah. So yeah. he calls Lazarus by name. Interesting, at the end of that book, you know, light, darkness, mm-hmm. and darkness they mm-hmm. don't recognize. And, you know, mm-hmm. and, it, you know and, G, and Mary comes there early in the morning and it's still dark and mm-hmm. and she doesn't recognize uh, Jesus until uh, she uh, he calls her by, by name, name, Mary, mm-hmm. and she sees him. It's just good. It's just mm-hmm. good stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, and, and so all of this to say God is not concerned. That's, that's too hard a word. Um, we're worrying about the wrong stuff. Mm-hmm. We're worrying about the temporal and God is concerned with the eternal, mm-hmm. right? And the eternal will overtake, overcome the temporal, mm-hmm. right? Don't fret. Mm-hmm. Don't fret. I know that's hard sometimes when you're in the midst of trials and sorrow and suffering and misery yeah. and life Counseling and, and COVID yeah. and right. whatever else. It just, it, it's, it's overwhelming, mm-hmm. right? Uh, lift up your eyes. Um, there's a Redeemer coming, a Savior coming from heaven. He's going to mm-hmm. fix this. Mm-hmm. So there's your hope, right? right. Uh, temporal relief, it's wonderful. But eternal relief is what we're looking mm-hmm. for, right? Mm-hmm. So anyway, so God's got it under control. Um, he's uh, He's sovereign, right? And so what shall we say then? There's no injustice with God, is there? May it never be. For he says to Moses, and this is hard for us to accept because I think we, uh, I know why, uh, because we have sin in us. Mm-hmm. The sin says, I am God. I am my own boss. You're not the boss of me. Who are you to tell me? What to do and when to do it, right? I'll take it another step further as if God owes us something. Yeah. He goes, that's the premise I think people have a hard time with this, is that God owes it to mankind to be compassionate. And And, and we'll say, we'll present the gospel in certain ways. It's Mm -hmm. interesting. We'll say, you know, here's the gift. It's a free gift, but you have to accept the gift, Mm -hmm. right? Listen to what this says. I will have mercy upon whom I will have mercy. You know, God says to Moses, verse 15, I will have mercy upon whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion upon whom I will have compassion. I'm God, and I get to pick who I have mercy on, who I have compassion on. Now, you're going to have a problem with that. Mm-hmm. See, and even Paul's going to answer. He's going to say, uh, so then, Paul's going to sum it. So then, it does not depend on the man who wills or on the man who runs, but on God who has mercy. It doesn't depend on you. It depends on him. Mm-hmm. For the scripture says... For this reason I raise you up, says the Pharaoh. For this reason I raise you up, uh, that my name will be proclaimed throughout the whole earth. So then, verse 18, he has mercy on whom he desires, and he hardens whom he desires. Now, you're going to have a problem with this. You're going to say, well, that's not fair, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to say to me, well, then why does he still find fault? For who can resist his will? If that's, the, if that's true, if he hardens who he hardens and he has compassion, then how can he still find fault? On the contrary. Who are you, old man, to answer back to God? The thing molded will not say to the molder, why have you made me like this? Will it? Or does not the potter have right over the clay to make from the same lump? Now, remember, he's talking about Israel here, from Mm -hmm. the same lump, Mm -hmm. one for honorable use, the believing remnant, and one for dishonorable use, the ones who've rejected the Lord. And -hmm. they're all dispersed, but these are the ones who are uh, defiling the name, uh, blaspheming Mm -hmm. the name of God among the Gentiles. What if God... 
although willing to demonstrate his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much patience the vessels of wrath prepared for destruction. And he did so in order that he might make known the riches of his glory upon the vessels of mercy which he prepared beforehand, even us, who he called. And then he adds to this, this is good, not only from the Jews, but also from the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember sitting in a systematic theology class years ago, and we were talking about salvation and Calvinism and, you know, the Lord and his sovereignty and, you know, this the same discussion that we always have, right? Mm-hmm. And, and um, people were questioning the professor, and they were somewhat offended that God would have the gall to save some and not others. To have mercy on some and not mm-hmm. others, and I'll never mm-hmm. forget this doctor, Doctor Leitner's response. He said, um, "Y'all are asking the wrong question. You have the wrong view. You're asking the question: Why doesn't he save all? The better question mm-hmm. is: Why does he save any? Yeah, right. You think that you're entitled to his mercy, that you're entitled to his compassion. Mm-hmm. None are." Not one. And so uh, the better question is, why doesn't God pour out his wrath on all Mm -hmm. because of your sin? And why has he sent his son to die? See, because there's nothing fair about that. This is when I realized for the first time, God isn't fair. We think God has to be fair. And I realized God's not fair. (laughs) He's just. He's just. But he's not fair. There's nothing fair about this, nothing fair at all. And I think we need to realize that God has not been fair towards us. He wasn't fair towards Israel, and he's not fair towards us. What do I mean by that? Yeah, you're going to have to expound a little further Because if he fair. was fair towards you, mm-hmm. he'd just give you what you deserve. Yes. Yeah. If he was fa- He's not even fair towards his own son. Right. See, if, if he was fair towards his own son, he would not have given his son what he didn't deserve so that he can give you what you don't deserve. There's right. nothing fair about that. Right. You have two kids and you say, you know what, I'm going to punish you and take from you to give to the other one who doesn't deserve it. You deserve it. You've done, but mm. there's nothing fair about that. Mm-hmm. See, but it is just. There is a penalty that has to be paid. Mm-hmm. And it will be paid. Payment is demanded and payment will be satisfied. So the question, uh, and and frankly, you can't afford it. It's, no. It is a debt that you can't pay. Right. Right? Because the demands are so high. Uh, the demand is perfection. Mm-hmm. It is to have the perfect character of God. And any missing of that perfect character condemns you to eternal death. Mm-hmm. And so this payment can only be paid by the one, the righteous one. Right? And so your yeah. works... Joe Israelite, your works, or Joe Gentile, your works before the Lord, filthy rags. Yeah. And if you know the language behind that, it is it is you were defiled, unclean. Even your good stuff mm-hmm. is repulsive to the Lord. The works that he's impressed with are the works of his son done on your behalf. Mm-hmm. And so who are you to demand fairness? Mm-hmm from a righteous God who's poured out his wrath on his son so that you don't get it. Well, that's the height of 
You've got some bravery there. Got some arrogance. You got some, yeah, yeah, arrogance. <laughs> you and need then, to be running for, uh, you know. I remember Doctor Doctor Leitner after he explained it, we we all felt like we need to crawl under his well, desk, yeah. and, <laughs> hide. under the desk, and just hide, hide from this wrath of God, yeah. right? Uh, because uh, this is a mighty and awesome God mm-hmm. who has chosen to pour out His wrath on His Son so that. He can extend mercy mm-hmm. to you. I think it's a good place to stop for today on this one, and uh, we'll move back into this because he continues this Absolutely. conversation, and we know we know he loves his his brothers. Yes. And uh, but for us, I, I think the tone that he has set in chapter nine about how much he loves the brethren, yep. Israel, and wants them to come to salvation. Yep. I wish that we had that kind of heart. Yeah. And he's going to explain mm-hmm. how God's going to get there. Yeah. Because he foreknew Israel and he's going to keep his promises. Right. Right. But he's going to do it the way he set out in Scripture. Mm-hmm. And so it's just good. Well, everyone, hang in there with us and we'll be back with you soon. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Teach Me the Bible podcast. For more information, download our app. If you have any questions or desire to continue our discussion from today's topic, send an email to teachmethebible at championfellowship.org. Remember, your belief drives your behavior. See you next time.